Hey everybody, this is Brian Bickford of Mainly Matters, the travel and tourism channel. You know, I discuss Maine tourism impacts, adventure and excursion, and what makes Maine vacation land. You know, I've talked about these statistics before. 37 million people visit this state annually. You know, that makes out about $6 billion that tourism contributes to Maine. And that's about $200 a second. So you can see how important it is. You know, and, and one of the things, you know, I'm, I'm originally from Portland. And it wasn't long ago that somebody said, hey, let's be a tourist. Let's go on a Maine duck tour. And I said, no, what if people see me? That would be, it's not going to be interesting. Guess what? I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. I had the best time of my life. They had this guy on there that was just telling great jokes, but also he was informing me. I got to like be in a, an amphibious vehicle that went into the place that I'm usually swimming and sailing and stuff. So I saw a different side of Portland that I never saw before. So I had to drill into this. I had to find out who is the person that does this thing. You know, so, hey, listen, guess who I just invited? Khalid Habash. Hey, how are you this morning? Hi, good morning. I'm doing great. <laughs> Thank you so much for being being a part of this. Because, you know, I, I think it's really interesting. I do. I look at you as a visionary and somebody that's going to take a risk on Portland and the assets that we have to explain it to people in one to one and a half hour tours. Now, now what, what is the, how did that come about for you? So uh, I've had previous experience owning a, a tour company and uh, my wife and I own a gift shop and I was uh, working my other tour company and I would see this amphibious vehicle go by my store every <laughs> right. single day, all day long. And it was always full. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting idea. And it's the only amphibious vehicle in the state of Maine. Right. Um, and so when I saw it for sale, I thought that would be a neat opportunity. And I, I had had enough background and data mm -hmm. to support what I thought would be a good purchase. You know, and, and yeah, there seems to be about 20 of those, right? You have 20 of them? Because they're, they're always moving. They're, I mean, it seems like there's 20. How many do you have? Yes. I'm glad the illusion looks like there's 20. In fact, I, I, I only have one. <clears throat> right. Uh, one. And one, one is enough. But yeah. I'm glad you, you think I have 20. I that do. means I'm doing a good job. You're doing a great job. And I think it's, you know, it's one of those things, the contributors to Portland, I think, that kind of uh, it shows, well, you know, it's it's one of those handshakes to Portland that, you know, I'm going to get on this thing. I'm going to risk whatever time because people are paying time for money. And they're walking away with some really great uh, you know, experiences. Talk to us a little bit about those customers. I imagine they're from all over the place because we have cruise ships and what have you, but talk about those customers, what their expectations are, and are you fulfilling those expectations? Yeah. So I think generally speaking, uh, people come to Portland completely unknowingly uh, with the amount of history that the even just the peninsula itself has. Right. Um, they're always shocked at how much history and information that is jam-packed into one tour. And not with just my tour company, with, with other tour companies in Portland as well. And they get off the duck boat or the trolley or whatever, and they're just like, wow, like I had no idea that there was so much info here. And, right. you know, some of it is, I think, because Maine – Portland, Maine wasn't on the quote unquote map, uh, yeah. up until, you know, the past decade. Um, while also, you know, there's Portland has a lot of neat stuff to offer. I mean, there's lighthouses and forts mm -hmm. in the same panoramic view yeah. and you just don't see those things very often in the country overall. So it's more like Maine and Portland sells itself. How yeah. can I put this into first class mode? 
Yeah, you know, and you're you're kind of doing something kind of special too, because I think it wasn't because I feel like I not only was you know informed about things that I walked by every single day since in high school I did not know, but you're also it's kind of entertaining too. And talk about those people and the, I guess the tour guides that are kind of you must hand you know hand pick those to make sure that they're special enough to be able to communicate those two things. Yeah, I mean, being a tour guide is um, it's fun, but I think it's an underestimated and underappreciated gig because you do have to entertain and put on a show and have that enthusiasm every tour. And when you're talking about a season of five to six months, you know, that's a lot of energy. And but if you have the right person, they love it. They love every moment of it. And it's a unique job where those guides can get incredible instant gratification daily from hundreds of people that were, you know, <laughs> wow, I didn't know about this. That was so interesting. Thank you so much. I love those jokes. And yeah. and yeah. it really does fuel you if you're the right person for the, for the job. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, but I actually stole one of your, your, your tour guides jokes. He was going by Portland high school and he goes, yep. says, I got my PhD from there. You had to think about it for a minute. Portland High School diploma. So I have used, I have, I have worn that joke out. Anybody around me doesn't want to hear it anymore because I think it's still so funny. You know, I, didn't, I never heard that. That's too. great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, and so, you know, here it is. Um, I want to know more about you now because, you know, you are, an, you know, you've taken a, a lane in our tourism and you've, 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 you've supersized it a bit. And so let's just talk about you. You talked, you said, well, you had some tour experiences and I know that you travel internationally a lot. Let's just back up a little bit about who you are. Like, where does that, that wanderlust and that tour, where does that come from? Uh, well, I, I, I grew up in some unique places in the world i grew up in the middle east i grew up in cyprus which is a mediterranean island yeah um and then i grew up in rural maine and so growing up i thought those things were normal and then once you get to be a little older and connect the dots you realize like oh well wait a minute like most people (laughs) don't even have a passport right so that is not that's not normal and um i got a lot of my wanderlust from an adventure from my mother mm-hmm. and um my father was an international businessman as well so i think some of that stuff i just kind of inherited uh, unconsciously mm-hmm. but i also i'm a big fan of being a tourist myself i i love traveling i know what the other side of the desk looks like right and um i had an opportunity to go to alaska And I took that opportunity and I found myself unbeknownst to me in Mm -hmm. what I think as an entrepreneurial boot camp. Um, And I had never looked at the world like that. I had no really interest in being a businessman. Like that was not on my radar at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I, I had a good friend of mine who was my age and we worked together one year and the following year he started his own business. And I just, I really just simply thought, wait a minute, if he can do it, I can do it. Um, and that's where, you know, my, my brain kind of shifted and I started looking at things a little differently and it does take that click in your head to like, wait a minute, like the world can work on volume and how do I, how do I do this at a volume level? Um, so it was kind of by accident, very organic. I had no ambitions of being a business owner. Right. Did you have any ambition to sit in a cubicle at some kind of, um, you know, corporate job? 
Ab- absolutely not. So there you go. No. You just... <laughs> I, I did it. I did it for three months, and yeah. I couldn't wait to get out. Yeah. So. No. So you've gone from you know world traveler, international parents. You've got that exposure. You got a passport at an early age. You didn't think that you were probably good at business, but then you found out, hey, I am. So you started this, um, I don't want to call it um, a novelty tourist shop in a sense, right? Is that Was that your first store, That you your, your retail store? Yes, my wife and I own the Blue Lobster in downtown mm-hmm. Portland. And that was uh, a lot of hard work mm-hmm. and a lot of good luck. And I always <laughs> think that the harder you work, the luckier you get. So right. my wife had run, uh, managed a touristy uh, apparel shop. And so she had that in her past. And she always thought, man, wouldn't it be cool if we owned our own store? Yeah. And um, I started selling my tours in front of this gift shop. And I, you know, to make this sh- simple story, I just said, look, whenever you want to get out of this, you please let me know. And within six months, the gentleman that had the shop called me and said, look, I, I want out you guys have the right to first refusal Wow! and we bought the business and, but my wife and I were very conscious of not wanting to be like a tchotchke gift shop. And you're not, I wanted something classy. I wanted something fresh. And I also was interested in starting on our own brand. Right. And it makes the entire business so much more interesting when we're trying to build something and not just sell, you know, keychains and t-shirts. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, how, yeah. And how much does a location, location play on that deal? Cause I think you are on the corner of commercial and, um, and, and the old port, right? Yeah. I, I think arguably yeah. I might have the best location in the state of Maine, I know. um, <laughs> you know, and that was absolute, you know, stars aligning. Uh, we also have since opened another location in Freeport, Maine, and it's oh, also a phenomenal location, but you know, like there's a lot of truth and it sounds cliche, but location, location, location is, right. is the name of the game, yeah. which is why you see Starbucks coffee on most, most of the best spots right. in the country. Right. Um, you know, I like to think that we have a great shop, but like you do. You know, when the crosswalk, when the crosswalk goes into my store, yeah. that, that there's an element of that helps there. So here's the genius too, is that I'm, uh, you know, here I am, I'm, I, I see this, this main duck tour amphibious vehicle running around Portland. I might be there for like two or three days. And I'm going, you know, the kids are going, we got to go on that thing. And you're going to, so you, you, you have to kind of, you have to go into your store, right? And it's called, it's called the blue lobster and you have to go in there to get your tickets or you can probably, can you go online as well to get tickets? Or do you have to go in the store? Uh, a little, well, both basically you have the ability to purchase tickets in advance, but you do have to check in for your tour inside my shop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's no secret that right. that's definitely by design. Sure. Um, there's not, there's also not a lot of space in the uh, block that we're at for other tour operators to sell their tickets. And so. <clears throat> why not have them come into my shop and right. poke around? And, you know, that that's kind of the beauty of the businesses is that they, they work off the same synergy. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm working with the same client. If someone's going to get on and do a tour and then they're going to, you know, hopefully buy a mug or a t-shirt that they like. Right. Right. No. And you've got some nice things that are kind of unusual, not your, your typical uh, kind of store tour store. And that's what I like about it as well. But Hey, listen, one of the things that I got out of it, when we went on your, your tour, we didn't know each other then, um, had a great experience. I walked away with some facts that I didn't know. Share with our listeners, just give us a couple of those fun facts about Portland that they might not know. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, one of the one of the facts that I think a lot of people don't know that I found very interesting is the original name for Portland is Machigan, mm-hmm. which is an Abenaki word for long neck, uh-huh. and long neck equals peninsula. Right. And okay. so that is the original name of Portland, which I found fascinating. And I would say that most people don't know. No. Um, so I found that very interesting um, to connect to my store, the Blue Lobster. Um, most people outside of New England don't know that Blue Lobsters are real. <laughs> and statistically, Blue Lobsters are one in two million. And yeah. that's why our tagline is lucky to be different. Yeah. Um, and um, another fun, simple fact is the Portland Headlight, which is Maine's oldest lighthouse, was commissioned to be built by George Washington. Okay. And I think most people wouldn't know that either. And that's yeah. pretty fascinating. You it know? is. It is. You know, and there's another, there's another visual, too, that sticks on my head is, is I, again, I'm, I'm from Portland. I've, I've gone up and down Commercial Street a billion times, you know, and... But one of your your guys had pointed out the seawall. Talk about that seawall, and I think when you know, give a visual to people that when now when they're driving there, look for that. Where where is that seawall? That original seawall on the on the commercial street. Um, so the so much of commercial street, like mm-hmm. like physically, the road of commercial street was all ocean, right? Um, and it basically is near Fourth Street. Yeah. Um, I think where the original. Uh, end point of the peninsula was and that has all been filled in over the course of time so imagine you know all the hotels that have been built and some of the old port really wasn't able to exist and, until that was all filled in right right no that's kind of so it's so it's interesting because i'm looking at your site right now and i got everything from the victoria mansion the the narrow gauge the you know the portland observatory for gorgeous uh, longfellow on and on the eastern prom the working waterfront lobster art district you know you got harbor seals you got all kinds of things you're going to experience here and you're going to do that all within when the 60 to 90 minutes pretty much right yeah and it's it's a it's a balance because mm. there is you know there's actually too much information to give people in such a short amount of time right. and that's you know, that's a great problem to have. And that's why I was referring to before where people are just so impressed at how much information there is in just a small area of the peninsula of Portland. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, people love it. They yeah. love it. Yeah. So if you've listened to my show and I didn't tell you this, okay, I didn't tell you this in advance because I didn't want you to know, but I do a game show. This is the game show portion. We've got some judges, got three judges off to my right here. They're going to judge each question. You get three questions. Okay. And are you ready to go? Yes. Okay. Do it. All right. Okay. You kind of gave it away a little bit, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to go a little bit. So the question number one is what is the difference between a blue lobster and our traditional red lobster? So the difference is that, uh, there's a genetic mutation in the lobster that allows its shell to be blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's in the ocean blue. Right. What a lot of people outside of New England also don't realize is that ro- lobsters are not red in the ocean. Right. Lobsters are kind of like browny, greenish kind of color, and they're only turn red when they are cooked. Yes. But blue lobsters are, in fact, blue in the water as well. Yeah. No. So that's 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 good. so you you've got that right. But actually, the the judges because you're an expert in this name of your business, they want to throw another question at you. They said they they got to go a little deep. I'm not going to give this away to you. So. There is occasionally, 
lobster men will find uh, a lobster that's like it has a, almost a right a center line left and right, and they're completely different color. Right? What are the what are statistically what are the chances of finding one of these? This is a hard one. Okay, now what is this? What is the statistical odds of finding one of these? I believe the answer is one in fifty million. <laughs> Bing, 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 bing. Oh my God. Yes, you're 100%. They're giving you 100% on this thing. They didn't think, they thought that you were going to blow it. You did not. Okay, we're going to move. We're moving to question number two. All right. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, this is a political one, too. This could damage you. You got to be careful. Okay. Here we go. Who makes the best coffee in Portland? Oh, wow. Who makes the best coffee in Portland? Jeez, that is a tough question. There's a lot of great coffee makers know, in Portland. I know. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, let's say Bard's Coffee. Well, unfortunately, you're wrong. It is me. I make the best coffee in Portland. Oh. So, yeah, there you're, you're one for one. You're one for one. We're going to go for the third one. This is the tiebreaker, okay? we Not everybody does good on these things, you know? So don't don't feel bad. So number, number, number three, all right. What is the difference between New England clam chowder and Manhattan clam chowder? And nobody has got this question right yet. Not a trick, trick question. Just want to know what the difference is. Manhattan doesn't make clam chowder. Sorry, sorry, it's not right. But the diff okay. the difference between the difference between is the uh, a clam chowder is is the is the the creamy milky kind of white you know broth, and a Manhattan is the tomatoey broth. Oh my! I just got a note uh, from I oh I just got a note from the judges. They say because you didn't know, you get the point. They didn't want oh, you wonderful. to know. They didn't want you to know anyway. So you got two videos. So really good. So let's get back to business now. So thank you so much for playing along there with that. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, I want to get more locals on your, <laughs> I want to get more locals on your, on your duck tour because it, it is just so much fun. And I'm sure so many people don't know that. Um, so, so how far, how far away do people come to, to be on one of these, these boats? Are you getting people from China and Russia and other places that seem far away? Yeah, I, I think we do. We definitely do. We have a lot of uh, international guests. I think uh, the concept of a duck boat is so fascinating to mm -hmm. most people in general. And if you're from uh, overseas, it just looks interesting. I mean, yeah. this bus drives into the water. Um, so we've definitely had international tourists, um, you know, Argentina, Russia, Italy. And um, I think that even if there's a language barrier, mm -hmm. people will still get on the boat because they just love the quirky idea of a vehicle being able to swim. Yeah. Yeah. And just going to kind of, kind of shuttle around the city, see the big spots. And I'm always found that we've actually done since yours, we've actually continued to go to cities now and actually become real tourists. I'm always the guy that say, no, I'll do it on my own. I got the app or something. So you can, you can gain so much knowledge from that. But Hey, I just read about, um, and I think you were quoted in this article, but there's about 95 ships that are destined in Portland here this coming year, uh, in the fall, they, they, you know, um, uh, uh, Acadia is going to see about a hundred. What was it? About one hundred forty thousand. Uh, um, no, it was actually Acadia is going to see about one hundred seventy-five ships. So the yes. the ninety-five ships that are coming to Portland is going to be close to one hundred forty thousand visitors. That's that's crazy. But you tell us about you have it. So you you're ready for that. You have another business, right? Tell us about that other business. It's more of a land tour. 
Sure. That business is called the Scenic Group Main Tours. And that was, in fact, uh, my wife and I's first business. It was the motivation of us returning to Maine, okay. which we're both originally from. And I, it's not really rocket science, Brian. I right. basically brought what I was doing in Juneau, Alaska, mm-hmm. here to Portland, Maine. Mm-hmm. And the timing of that company was wonderful because, number one, there was nobody offering excursions to people coming off cruise ships, which most people on the ship themselves were shocked at. Yeah. Um, and number two, the volume of ships since 2012 has I think maybe tripled or even quadrupled. Right. Um, so we kind of hit the timing really well, but basically I offer uh, one, uh, sorry, two hour to six hour tours for that day only wow. for people, you know, in town. So mm-hmm. we go to the lighthouse, we go to Kenny Bunkport and we take, we bring people to Freeport. Yeah. I can see that people can spend up to like um, $25 up to whatever they want to do. Really. I think going double tours they can do. So you, you kind of, you get them as far as Kennebuck, is that is that right? Yeah, I mean, people are are fascinated by the architecture down there. They yeah. love the affluent um, fishing village that Kennebunkport is famous for. Right. They want to see the bush compound, and it's just far enough uh, from the port of Portland where you can make a nice, you know, four hour trip out of it. Yeah, no, that's, so is that the same thing? It's it's uh, it's it's kind of been. Uh, you got a tour guide on boat. He's going to point out on the bu- on the bus. He's going to point out locations. You're going to have some opportunity to also get out, right? Maybe wander around, take some pictures. Yes. Yep. And yeah. The city and lighthouse tour. We do exactly that. It's full of full of history narration. We let people out at the lighthouse for half an hour, and then the Kinney Bunkport tour. We drive them down there, full of history and fun facts, and then allow people ninety minutes to wander around Dock Square, have lunch, you know, get a feel for the town, yeah, and then make our way back. And most of the cruise ships come in town uh, from li- between Labor Day and Halloween, and mm-hmm. so you know the leaves are turning at that point. Mm. And you know, if, if people are from the Midwest, they cannot get enough of <laughs> New England. They are right. just fascinated by the history, the trees, the architecture, and you know, you could almost drive the bus around silently and they still would have a great time. And we live here, call it. We live, we live, we live here. Yeah. Can you believe that? I mean, every time I go back and forth from, you know, the, the, the coastal areas, I'm just, I'm blown away by it. Never get tired of that. So, hey, so, so you, you're, you're marketing to the cruise ships. How does that work? How do you let them know in advance? Is there some way that you can, uh, can reach them or is it more your bus uh, standing out in front of the, you know, the, 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 the uh, departure area? How do you do that? Um, so I I just, it's a lot of what I brought of my experience from Alaska and, Mm -hmm. um, they, all the shore excursions on the ships sell out well in advance. And there's always those, there's that, their percentage of people that are fearful of using a local tour because they might miss their ship. And I, and I knew that from my time in Alaska. So I put up a website. If people find me through, you know, organic searching or check me out on TripAdvisor, they can book in advance. And then there's also what I know is the overflow of people that are either more resourceful, more savvy, or just haven't decided what they want to do. They'll get off the ship and I'll be sitting there with my buses and my tent and I'll offer them a tour right on the spot. And yeah. it's a unique business model, but it's easy and successful. And, uh, you know, people genuinely want to support local business. And yeah. 
you know, also, you know, to be very clear, it, it's typically 30 to 50% less expensive than the ship itself. Right. Right. And, and yeah. people know that. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's, it's brilliant. And then, Hey, so, so we've got listeners. We want to make sure that they understand where to get you. You have two tours. Can you talk about where to find those two, the, the, the amphibious duck tour, traditional duck tour and the land tour. How can they find you? Yeah, so Maine Duck Tours is located inside the Blue Lobster Gift Shop, which is 177 Commercial Street. You can book in advance and you or you can book, you know, that day and just walk into the shop. Um, the Scenic Route Tours typically operates in the fall and I'm located at the Ocean Gateway Terminal, which is 14 Commercial Street. And I'm, I'm not hard to find. I have a baby blue tent and baby blue vehicles and yeah. I stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. You got a couple of kids um, sometimes in, in hand, don't you? At, at some at points. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> amongst all of that juggling children. That's amazing. Sure. That's amazing. Uh, Khalid Habash, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes. Thanks for having me. It's really fun. That's it. It's fun. I love, I love uh, hearing your story. Hey everybody, this is Brian Bickford of Mainly Matters, the travel and tourism channel. Thanks everybody. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you.